All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and my wife Sherry is going to be joining us here, and we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. And uh, in case you're wondering how to do so, simply go to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Go to our give page, and you can give them anywhere in the world. If you'd rather send us a check, you can make your checks payable to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And on the footer, uh, the bottom of every web page on our website, you'll see our mailing address, and you can send it there. And so just so you know, if you're in the United States, all of your donations are tax deductible. We are 501c3. Okay? And so... Uh, with that said, we're, we're going to be in, uh, again, Epperless Change tonight, and we will be in Chapter 18, that's entitled The Growth Process, okay? And we've been, Epperless Change, uh, sounds like a strange title, but we've, we've basically been talking about the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and Jesus said regarding the parable of the sower, uh, this is the parable of all parables. If you can't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. And so we've been talking about the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is the seed of God's word being sown on four different kinds of soil. We have the, the basically the pavement, and then we have the stony soil, we have the thorny soil, and then we have the good soil. And even the good soil uh, produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. So there's kind of some different results there. But we've been talking in the last couple of weeks about the good soil. Okay, and that's what everyone wants to talk about, the good soil. And uh, we all want to see growth. We all want to see progress. We all, you know, we are supposed to increase. We're supposed to see growth. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of increase. Everything God created is supposed to grow and to, to, to prosper and be good and be well and, and to increase and to multiply. He said we are, we are to be fruitful and multiply. I don't think he was just talking about childbearing. Okay, uh, that, that's part of that. Okay, that's not excluded. But at the same point in time, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of increase. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about tonight the growth process and how it relates to the parable of the sower and what we've been talking about in this uh, book entitled Effortless Change. Okay, so without any further ado, I'm going to see if Sherry had anything to share, and we're just going to jump right into it uh, uh, this evening. Uh, no, I mean, good. Okay, all right, so we're going to, uh, we'll just start with chapter 18, and uh, here we go. On the same day that Jesus taught the parable of the sower sowing the seed, he also said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, Immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Mark 4, 26-29 Although this is a simple passage of scripture, it's very profound. It's packed with meaning. First of all, it says that the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. This is the same principle as in the parable of the sower sowing the seed. God's word is like a seed planted in the ground of our heart. Notice verse 27 says, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he 
he knoweth not how. Mark 4, 27. In the same way that you plant a seed in the ground and don't really know what's happening to make it grow, so it is with the word. Mankind, with all our knowledge, has put satellites in orbit, people on the moon, and sent spacecraft to other planets. For all that mankind has accomplished and all of our cumulative knowledge, we cannot manufacture a seed. Oh, we can make something that looks like a seed with the same size, color, and chemicals. It could look like an exact, rec exact replica and fool people. But if you take a man-made seed and plant it in the ground, it won't germinate or reproduce itself. Why? There isn't any life in it. Despite all our knowledge, mankind has not been able to figure out why a seed does what it does. It does what it does just because God created it that way. However, even though we don't understand all of the specifics, that doesn't keep us from taking seeds and planting them in the ground. We've learned a few things about how it takes for that seed to germinate and produce a harvest. We've learned about what seeds to keep out. We've learned about what kind of temperature and how much water the seed needs to produce fruit. We've learned enough about a seed to be able to cooperate with it, but we still don't understand it. Yet it works. Every one of us benefit from seeds sown around the world when we eat our bread, fruit, and vegetables. We don't understand it, but we still benefit from it. This is a tremendous comfort to me. I don't have to understand everything about how the word works. I don't have to understand why just shutting myself in with the Lord, studying his word, and listening to him speak to me does what it does. The fact that I can't totally explain it doesn't keep me from cooperating and reaping the benefits of it. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or the sharpest person around. You don't have to understand everything to get God's word working in your life. Just start sowing the word into your heart. Begin meditating on it day and night. The word of God will germinate, take root, spring forth, and grow up of itself. All right, so, <coughs> excuse me, this is a very powerful uh, chapter and section of your and we're getting to the climax of the book. We're in the last two chapters. And we're talking about effortless change. And now we're going to really be tying in the title of this book with the parable of the sower that we've been talking about. Yeah, just like a seed. You know, we got all kinds of seeds from plants to trees to vegetables to fruits. You know, dogs pick up dogs. Cats pick up cats. Every animal after its own kind. Uh, humans beget humans. Uh, we got insects begetting insects. You know, God said in Genesis 1.11 that every seed is produced after its own kind. God spoke his word, and his word is a seed. We'll get to that in just a moment. But God has commanded by his word that every seed would produce. Man doesn't all know how, uh, how a seed really works. But if you cooperate with, with, with it and each seed according to its kind, so even each vegetable, each farming seed, whatever, whatever crop it may be, you have to cooperate with that seed according to its kind. And if it gets a proper, uh, you know, if planting in the proper environment, with the proper soil, with the proper, proper climate and temperature, and the proper sunlight, and the proper shade, if need be, the proper... Um, uh, a watering, uh, not too much, not too little, 
and and there's many many things just like a, a an, an infant a mother who's pregnant needs uh, you know in many ways she, her body is fragile to the sense that uh, not only for her but for her uh her newborn her, 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 the, the uh who she's pregnant with you know if she doesn't take care of herself properly she could bring some damage to that pregnancy and to the child and and so you know each seed is it can be fragile too but you know really if as long as we cooperate with certain seeds and we've learned how to uh you know people have specialized in farming and different things to know how to properly manage each seed some can't get can't it can't be in the wrong wrong temperatures right can't be in the wrong climate where it gets too cold and some can't be where it gets uh, too hot, you know, and, and so some can't, you know, need to be watered a lot. Some don't, don't need to be watered that, that much. Some people can water too little, too little. Some people can be watered too much. But we've learned how to do it. And, and same thing with animals and insects and whatnot. And God and, and the humans, every seed is going to produce after its own kind. And so we don't have to understand everything about the seed. We need to know enough of how to cooperate and create the environment for it. But the seed does its own job. The seed, if you get a, a plant it in the ground, water it, and and whatnot, it will produce the way God commanded that seed to produce. And not only will that seed produce a crop and a harvest and whatnot, or another a dog will be get another dog, or, or a litter of dogs, or or a human will have a, uh, you know a, a baby, or twins, or triplets, or you know it could you know whatever the case may be, but. Uh, really, you know, we don't know exactly how it takes place, how that seed does the same, how, why it does it, everything it does. You know, science has gone to a certain extent to be able to understand it, but we have not fully understand it all. And we don't need to understand it all. We just need to know that we need to plant that seed and give it the right proper uh, uh, planting and proper watering and nourishment, and it will produce. Uh, God has commanded that seed to produce. Well, God's comparing the seed to, to the Word of God. God's comparing the seed to, and Andrew was reading, we've been studying the parable of the sower, but Andrew read from Matthew chapter 4, I mean Mark chapter 4, excuse me, uh, and we're talking about the, how the kingdom of God is like a seed. And so we don't have to understand everything about God's word, because even the parable of the sower, we're saying that the word of God is a seed. And in Mark chapter 4, uh, uh, Jesus is saying that the, word, the kingdom of God is like a seed. And so there's many different, in other words, there's many illustrations about our allegories, our parables about how this kingdom of God works, how the word of God works, and it's like a seed. We don't need to understand everything about the word of God for the work. I, I believe it's good to be discipled in the word. We teach that. We are big on that. We're big on discipleship. We just did a teaching series on the four prayers of Paul, and Paul prayed that with something that we would just know and understand. And I think there's wisdom. I mean, you read the book of Proverbs, there's things that the book of the Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, is, is basically almost screaming at us. There's some things that we can be, be wise in. We need some wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, he says. And, uh, and so we just, there's some wisdom and knowledge and whatnot, but we don't have to understand everything, you know. I have a car. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't need to know everything about that car for the work. Uh, there's some basics I need to know. I need to know I have to have the key. I have to have gas in it, and have uh, the proper oil. And I I know some things that I need to watch my tires and my brakes and my oil level and and a few other things. 
But beyond that, I really don't need to know how that car really works. That's my, my mechanics department, and hopefully I don't need to see him too often. But I don't really need to understand every single detail about that car for it to work. I just know when I turn that key on and I have a proper amount of gas in it, that thing should work. If it doesn't work, Houston, we have a problem. And we need to call the mechanic, call AAA or something, and get that thing resolved, because uh, we ain't going nowhere. Uh, okay, uh, not, at least not in that car. But at the same point in time, the king, we don't have to understand everything about the kingdom of God works. But we do know this. Just like with a seed, if you give it the pro, it's planted in the proper uh, soil, and, it's, and it has the proper nourishment with water and soil, maybe sometimes fertilizer, uh, whatnot, and, and, and sunshine, it's going to grow. It's going to produce what the way God ordained it to do so. Same thing with us. Word of God, if we will allow God's word to be planted into our heart, if we will allow the kingdom of God that's not here, it's not there, it's on the inside of us, and we allow the kingdom of God, and we just have a relationship with God, more specifically, we're talking about having a relationship with the word of God, because the word of God is not the ink. The word of God is a person, and his name is Jesus. And it says we have a relationship with Jesus, the living word, it's a living word. It's not a dead word. It's not just a word. It's the living word. And uh, I had a, a discussion with somebody on Facebook this week. I forget exactly uh, what the discussion was. And I hope I can remember it because it was, it was going to be good. But I now forgot what the question was. I answered it and said, uh, I forget what the question I'll see if I can find it here in a moment. But it just, I just, uh, you know, the word of God is alive. Okay? Um, you know, it's... Uh, Anyway, I'm getting distracted in my own mind. But anyway, uh, you know, but if we will have a relationship with God's Word, we don't have to understand everything about it, but it's going to change our lives. And that's what we're kind of talking about, this title of this book, Effortless Change. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying and Andrew's not saying it's not important to understand some things. It's not important not to have some knowledge. It's not important to, to have some discipleship. We think that's essential. But at the same point in time, you don't have to understand everything about Christianity for it to work. You don't have to understand everything about the Word of God for it to work in your life. There are some basic things you do need to understand, and as you grow, you know, when you, when you were a child, you don't have to know everything about life to, 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 to function. Most of that was on your parents to feed you, and you couldn't take care of yourself if you, even if you had to. You couldn't beat yourself, get a job. You couldn't do some things. You couldn't even change your own diaper. And so there's a lot of things you couldn't do. You couldn't change your clothes and whatnot. But as you grew, as you matured, there's some things that you started to do on your own. And you might have been a little sloppy at the beginning with some of the things that you tried to, to mimic what your parents were doing and whatnot. But as you grew, you got better at it. You got better and you matured. And you got a job and you know, perfect puberty and... <coughs> Excuse me. You might have tried some things. You might have fallen a few times. You might it might have looked a little sloppy, but you you finally matured. It's gotten better, and you've gotten better. Even some of your jobs and different things you've done. The first time you went farming, if you farm, you, you might have, it might have looked a little little off. It might not have been as good as your dad and your grandfather and different people. But over time, you got better at it. At different jobs and different vocations and and whatnot, we've grown. <coughs> when I talked a minute ago about the kingdom of God is about increase. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature. 
Every plant, every animal, every insect, every human is destined to grow and to mature and to reproduce. But if, there's, if you don't do some things right, you can abort that process. And you can die early, you can do some things, you can destroy some things, you can destroy relationships, you can, uh, you can keep yourself, you know, if you don't water your grass, it, it, it may not completely die, but it's not going to grow very fast. And it may not grow hardly at all. And if you don't grow, water it at all, it will eventually die. And, and so, um, you know, things are supposed to grow. They're supposed to be healthy. You don't, you don't want to give it too much water. You don't want to make it a marshland. Uh, but at the same point in time, you, you want to you want it green and whatnot. You don't want to waste your water. Someone's going to have to pay for that water. And so at the same point in time, you want to water enough. And same thing with trees and plants. And, you know, you don't want to, if you have a dog, you don't want it too skinny. And you don't want it too fat. You want to feed it the right amount so it's healthy. You know, everything with moderation. But it's supposed to grow. It's supposed to mature. And, uh, and so how does that work? How does the, the kingdom of God is like a seed. I don't know everything how that seed works. I don't know every single seed de detail. But I do know if I plant an apple tree seed in the ground and in the right soil, right environment, it's going to grow me an apple tree. And in time, it's going to produce me apples. And in those apples, there are going to be more seeds for more trees. Okay? That's just how God has designed things to be. And so the kingdom, if we can understand everything that you do know about a seed is how the kingdom of God works. You don't need to know everything about the kingdom of God, but you need to, but you, but you need to have a relationship. And as you have a relationship with the Word of God, as you, as you have a relationship with the kingdom of God, you're going to mature in that relationship. You're going to grow in that relationship. When I first knew, met Sherry, I didn't know everything about her. After 22 years of marriage, I'm still getting 21, going on 22. Well, I'm still getting to know things about her. I'm like, there's still things I'm like, I didn't know that about you, you know? I mean, every once in a while I get a new surprise. and But, you know, that's, you know, one of the beauties about a relationship is getting to know each other. I mean, when, when you, you know, you meet your spouse or whatnot, you go on dates, you get to know them. And, and new friends and family members, you get, you get to know them. How do you get to know them without having a relationship with them? You can't. You got to spend time together. You got to have a meal together. You got to go talk and do things together. And as you relate, have a relationship, that relationship grows. That relationship blossoms. And, and, and the, the relationship made it started in seed form, you know, um, just like everything else. But that relationship can mature over time and become more stable and established. A kingdom, you might not know everything about that person, but. Uh, you won't never know more about that person until you start spending time with that person. And so, you know, and that's one of the beauties. That's one of the fun, the, uh, the benefit and purposes of, of having a relationship with someone. They get to know each other. And, and there's a more purpose than that, but, you know, and, and it's companionship and all kinds of stuff, good stuff with that. But uh, let me get back to the seed. The kingdom of God is like a seed. And if you... You know, in one sense, if you water a seed, fertilize it properly if need be, if you, if, in other words, you feed it, you water it, just like you would an, a puppy, a dog, an animal, uh, a human, even an insect, if you, you feed it enough, it's going to grow. 
Okay, it's going to grow, it's going to mature, it's going to be healthy. You feed it too much, it's unhealthy. You, you know, you, you don't give it enough water, it's unhealthy. Uh, you know, there, and there's some other things that it needs as well. But if you have a relationship with that person, it's going to grow. Just feed, feeding them like you're a child, if you're, all you're doing is feeding them and taking care of their basic needs, but you don't have any relationship with them, you might be making taking care of their physical needs, but you're not taking care of their emotional and and relational and spiritual needs. Uh, you know, we have many component needs that we have on many different levels. But if you do, that relationship, that child, that seed, that puppy is going to mature. It's going to grow. You might not understand everything about the, I don't understand everything about the puppy. I know the basics. Got the head, got the tail, got the paws and the fur and this and that. I know a little bit more than I did before. Well, I don't know everything about the puppy. Can I say the puppy? Because we have a puppy just on, in this room. We're taking a nap right now. But, you know, it's just a... But I do need to know enough. But I do... All I need to do... All that puppy cares is uh, being safe, having companionship, food, yes, uh, water, yes, going for walks, you know, taking care of her ba her basic needs and having a relationship. I don't need to know everything about her. But I need to know enough, and, and I'll know more as I have a relationship with the puppy. But I don't need to know everything. But that puppy's going to grow, it's going to be happy, it's going to be healthy, and it's going to fulfill its purpose as a, as a puppy in this house. And so I hope I'm making sense, but it starts with a seed. You don't need to know, like the kingdom of God is like a seed, and you don't need to know everything, but you need to have a relationship with that seed. And the and. Why are some people stronger in the Word and, and more mature as Christians? Because they've been spending more time with God. You show me someone who's not spending any time in this work and not spending any time being taught by a pastor. You show me someone who's not been discipled. They might be saved. I'm not saying they're not saved. But they're, they're more likely they're going to be an immature Christian. In one sense, there's nothing wrong with being an immature Christian. The most important part is that they're saved. But... What's even better is having a Christian who is more mature because you can't you can't show me a mature Christian who ha um, I hope I'm saying this correctly what I'm trying to convey is that you ha the only way to become a let me tell you this way the only way to be a mature Christian is spending time God with God and mature you can't become a mature Christian without spending time with God and His Word it just can't happen just like you can't have a healthy puppy you can't have a healthy human a healthy child. Uh, you can't be healthy yourself unless you have the right amount of food, and not too much, not too little, and water, companionship, and whatnot, and and, and, there's, and then there's more. That I think, uh, you know, and so, um, but anyway, I hope that makes sense. The kingdom of God, but if you will spend time with God and His Word, you will grow, and it will seem like you are growing and maturing effortlessly. Effortless change. Is your effort involved? Yes. But the fruit, you know, when I pl plant an apple tree, yes, I water and it grows and there's some effort involved. But really, besides the watering and, and nourishment of that apple tree, it's really producing on its own. We water the grass. We have it on our automatic timer. I really don't have to do anything in that grass. It just grows by itself. Okay? And I don't, you know, I can say I'm not going to, it's not, I'm not going to mow it and different things. Well, it's going to keep growing. It ain't not going to stop as long as I keep watering it and whatnot. And so anyway, I hope I can go on and on. Anything you want to share?
Uh, I just have some verses to share just to piggyback on the relationship with God's Word that we're talking about and having God's Word uh, planted in our heart and, and dwelling on it and letting it grow and come to fruition. You know, even David in the Bible, Psalm 119.11, says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we have God's word in us and we are dwelling on it and meditating on it and letting uh, it, it bear fruit in our lives, it does keep us from sinning, which is a pretty powerful thing. Um, and I, I could so go uh, into preaching mode on just listening to Dave and then all these verses that keep coming to mind. But, you know, Second Second Peter 1, we've talked about this a lot, but it goes with relationship with God and uh, relationship with God's Word. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 2, start with verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied you to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And it goes on, and I know we've talked about these verses before, but the only way we have knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ is based on relationship with God and his word. When we have his word, like David said in Psalm 119, verse 11, when we hide his word in our heart, and it's not hide as in put in a corner and hide so it can't be seen. We uh, it, cherish it in our heart and let it uh, bear fruit and uh, just keep it like anything important. Uh, we protect it and nourishment and nourish it and, and uh, let it let it be strong and healthy. I know we've talked about Philemon. Uh, it's only one chapter, so I'll just say Philemon one verse six. Paul is talk, talking talking um, to uh, Philemon and, and some other uh, fellow Christians. In verse 5, he says, Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We just talked about the word of God being in us, that seed, that word of God being planted in us. And here Paul is talking about that um, that we can share our faith and it may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. You know, that word bears fruit. When we have that relationship with God, you know, our, our faith abounds. I mean, even today during uh, this morning's message, Dave was talking about knowing God's love and faith working by love. And when we have a relationship with God and know his love and, and know his word, you know, our faith abounds and we're, we're able to, to share and, and make a difference in this world. Okay, good. Very good. Uh, there's so much I could expand on. I know Sherry can too. Let's keep reading though. Everything Jesus provided. Next section. God put life in those seeds. Man cannot figure it out, but God spoke life into physical seeds. 
He's also spoken life into the spiritual seed of his word. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. God's word contains his life in it. If you would take his words, his sayings, and put them on the inside of you, then God's kind of life will, would start flowing through you. You would find that healing, prosperity, joy, peace, everything Jesus provided are contained in God's word. The Bible isn't like any other book. It's different. It's alive. Where the word of God is quick, uh, in parentheses, alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. Uh, quick is also a neat word, just to piggyback on, on Andrew and to interrupt Andrew. Uh, when, you're, when you're talking about plants and, and finding something alive, uh, I think it's more of an old English word, but when, when you when you talk about the, the, the quick of like a tree, you know that it's alive. When you like you cut a branch off and you see there's still green in it, um, you know, I was talking about the, the life of that tree. Um, hopefully I explained that uh, clearly, but getting back to Andrew, God's word is alive. It's different than reading any other book, even books about the Bible. The Word of God is different. There's life in it. If you take it, the Word will give you life where there's been death. It gives light where there was darkness. It's that simple. Uh, this was a post I was talking about earlier. Sometimes, you know, someone said something. God doesn't speak, visit to us because we're so spiritual, but because He's assigning a new assignment. And, uh, I responded, yes, God at times gives us a new assignment, but he is always with us. He never visits because he never leaves us or forsakes us. Uh, he is always speaking. He, Emmanuel, God with us. And then I added on later on, I said, uh, may I also add, um, he is always speaking because he's the word. God is always speaking because he is the word. The word of God is a person. His name is Jesus. And, and, you know, I like how Andrew brought out and Sherry was reading, you know, he's a living word. And it's not dead, it's a living word. And I think I mentioned this recently, I don't listen to Jesse Duplantis a lot, he, uh, but uh, he, he, he had a little blurb on uh, Facebook uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. And I forget exactly, uh, I don't know if I can quote everything right now. Um, but at the same point in time, one of the things that just stood out to me from what he said and I shared it on Facebook, so if you scroll down on my Facebook, you'll see it, because it was not too long ago, it was only like a week and a half ago that I, I, I shared this uh, thing from Jesse Duplantis. But he was like, most of us just want uh, an uh, opinion about God. We don't really care about what he says. And someone says, wants well, to tell Jesse, and he'll say, well, this is what I believe. And Jesse will cut him off. I don't care what you believe. What did God say? It's a living word. What did God say? I don't care about your opinion about God. I don't care about my opinion about God. I want to know what God said. I want a relationship with God. And I want to hear from Him. Now, I'm not saying we can't uh, 
hear what you have to say and I have to say. I'm not saying that at all. But really, when it, but when the rubber meets the road, where what's essential is I need to know what God said. I need to know what God's word says. Okay, and uh, and I'm hoping I'm making sense what I'm what I'm trying to convey. But God's word is a living. It's alive. It's not just ink on the page. We can have a relationship with the living God through His Word. Now, I know some people have a hard time wrapping around how is this a living Word and how is it alive? How is Jesus the Word of God? And, and, but Jesus is speaking. He's speaking. He, and really, Jesus doesn't ever stop talking. We're the ones that stop listening. He's always speaking. He is the Word. Not just the written Word, but He's also the spoken Word. And so, uh, hopefully I'm just making sense. There's a lot more I can elaborate, even getting more into what Andrew was saying here. But that's just what I'm sure he was reading. Those are just some of the things, some of the light bulbs that went off in my mind. It just, uh, you know, we can have a, re I can't have a relationship with something that's not, not, that's not alive. But it's a living word. And I can have a relationship with something that is alive. Okay? I can have a relationship with a puppy. I can have a relationship with my wife. I can have a relationship with something that is alive, and it's a living word. Uh, amen. Amen. And you know, if you need proof of what Dave's talking about is true, just read uh, John chapter 1. And uh, John starts out, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And uh, if you keep going down that was that was verse one um, let's go down to uh, verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and John is talking about Jesus is the word capital W became flesh meaning Jesus the word of God became flesh. Um, uh, John is such a uh, that that first that first chapter of John is, is so so awesome and so rich. But um, there there is your proof that Jesus is the the living Word. The Word became flesh. And um, I'll carry on just for a second. I like this last thing that Andrew said. The Word of God is different than any other book. There's life in it. If you take it, the Word of God can give you life, but there's death. It can give you light. Where there's darkness. It's that simple. So, anyway. Uh, but I also, uh, also, uh, you know, with with Dave, I, I also liked the um, thing is that the second paragraph after uh, Proverbs four twenty through twenty two that Andrew shared. Uh, Andrew says this in the second paragraph: God's word contains His life in it. If you would take his words, his sayings, and put them on the inside of you, then God's kind of life would start flowing through you. You would find that healing, prosperity, joy, peace, everything Jesus provided are contained in God's word. And what, what's neat about the living word, um, not only do we have Jesus, the, the living word, the word became flesh, we, we have the, the, the written word, which is alive, um, but we have Jesus Christ, uh, God's own son, dwelling in us, that living word living in us, and that is just awesome.
Here, let's read another section here, patience. In light of this truth, I don't know why people don't spend more time studying the Word of God. I don't know why we spend so much time occupied with all these other things. The only explanation I can think of is that we really don't believe. We really don't believe the power and authority that's in God's Word. If you understand what I'm saying, then you'll realize that the most important thing you could ever do is just take God's Word and begin planting it in your life. God has created His Word just like a physical seed. It brings forth fruit of itself. Yet the Word doesn't work until it's sown in your heart, just like a seed doesn't work until it's sown into the ground. They've found seeds in pyramids that have been lying there for 4,000 years. They were dormant, never sprouting, because they weren't in the ground. But once they were planted with the right temperature, nutrients, and water, they start sprouting and producing plants. All of a sudden, the life that was in them came forth. That's a miracle. God's word has been recorded for thousands of years. If you will take it and sow it into your heart, it will begin to produce. But the seed has to be in the ground. The word has to be in your heart for it to begin to release that life. You can't just read it with your eyes and take a little truth into your brain. You have to put it down deep on the inside of you. You must meditate on the word until it, until it literally takes root on the inside of you. That's when it will just start supernaturally producing. In this parable, Jesus was saying that the kingdom of God is like a man that takes a seed and puts it in the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. This implies time. You have to exercise patience. So there's a couple things that I'm getting out of this section that Andrew's saying. First of all, the seed's got to get in your heart. You know, a seed is powerful like we've been describing. But a seed is useless if it's not planted. It just, I mean, it, 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 you know, a seed has the power to produce another, a whole other tree. A whole other puppy, a whole other human or insect or whatever. But until that seed is planted and fertilized... It can't produce anything. Okay, it's just useless. But like you said, they, they found seeds and pyramids over, uh, you know, over a long period of time, and when they planted them, they produce. Okay, and so, um, just wrote, yeah, yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, but also he he's talking about how in this last paragraph. In this parable, Jesus was saying that the kingdom of God is like a man that takes a seed and puts it in the ground. That's what we just talked about. He sleeps night. He sleeps and rises night and day. This implies time, seed, time, and harvest. You have you have to exercise patience. <coughs> so when we're talking about the word of God, when we're talking about seed, you have to have patience. You know, once a, a, a husband and his wife are pregnant with a child, there's going to be nine months of, of patience, okay? Uh, you know, you want you see your child grow up and become an adult. Well, you're going to have at least 18 years, if not more, of patience to get that child to grow into an adult, okay? There's patience involved. We might not have thought of patience in that way, but at the same point in time, it's seed time and harvest. You can't speed up that. You can't speed up that process. 
You know, you can't just sleep with this Bible underneath your pillow at night and through osmosis, it it will produce in your life. It's a seed. It doesn't work, a seed does not work through osmosis. If I had a package of seeds and I just put it on the ground, it's not going to produce. I got, it's got to get in the ground. God's word has to get in your heart, in the soil of your mind. It's got to get in there. And, it, and, and, and with the parable of the sower, all four soils, heard, all different soils heard the word of God, but only the good soil understood it. And that's where we need a teacher. That's where we need a pastor. That's where sometimes we need, as a child, when you grew up, you didn't just know math. You didn't know how to read and write. You didn't know everything. You didn't have all your social skills down. You had to have a mentor. You had to have a parent, a teacher, a, a mentor. You had to have people teach you social skills, how to get along. Most of some of us, when we grew up, we didn't know how to share. We didn't know how to get along. When you went to school and different things and grew up, you, you didn't just learn academics. That was one of the main parts of it. But you also learned how to have social skills, how to get along with people, and how to share. And how to take turns. And how to give and also to receive. You learn, to, uh, you learn how to get along with those who you don't rub you right. You learn how to make friends. You learn how to get along with even enemies at times. Okay? And so uh, we learn some things. And, and, but God's word has to get in your heart. And there's a process. There's a patience. There's an there's a endurance. There's a... There's a a discipline, a discipleship of learning and being learned and being schooled and being trained. In all scripture, the word of God, the seed, the scripture is a seed. All seed, so I could really change that word, all seed, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training and righteousness, so the man of God may be perfected or be equipped. Let's talk about maturing and thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's talking about being matured. All scripture is profitable to, for you to be indoctrinated. That's discipleship. To be reproved. We, reproving is part of also discipleship. You learned in school. You you learn from your mistakes. You didn't get every answer on every question, on every homework assignment, on every quiz right. Some of you might have had a 4.0. You might have been valedictorian, but you, you may never have gotten a B. But you, and you might have always got A's, uh, but you, you, you have missed some questions along the way. Okay? You learn from your mistakes. Okay? And, and uh, reproof, correction, and training and righteousness. Sometimes we need to be reproved. Sometimes we need to be corrected. That is a good, healthy thing. Any good coach for any good team or athlete is going to reprove and correct and train their athlete. If you don't have a good mentor in your life who's going to reprove you at times and correct you at times and train you at times and indoctrinate you at a time, you will grow up being immature, and you will not be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God is, does that. It's alive. It reproves you. It corrects you. It trains you. It indoctrinates you in righteousness. What's righteousness? 
a right relationship with God. And, and so the, the Word of God, all Scripture is profitable to do that anyway. More I can say, but anyway. And I, and I know we're coming uh, towards the, the end of our Bible study time, uh, but I, I think what hit me the most in this section is Andrew in the, in the first paragraph, he, he said, uh, the only explanation I can think of is that we really don't believe. He's, he was wondering why uh, people in general don't spend more time being occupied in uh, studying God's word. And, and I agree. When we, when we don't believe, we're not going to see fruit. We don't just take God's word and read it and put it in our hearts and meditate on it. We need to believe it. And, um, I mean, even Andrew was saying, you can't just read it with your eyes and take a little truth into your brain. You have to put it deep down on the inside of you. And, and I'm just going to add, and believe it. Um, you know, when, when um, uh, uh, sorry, my brain just went out the window uh, even in Dave's message today, when he was talking about uh, when people believe the gospel, they have to hear it, and, and I'll just paraphrase, put the word and believe the word on the inside of them. Um, they heard the word, they believed, and were saved. I hope I'm saying it right. I feel like my brain is ready to, to uh, conk out for the night, but... We need to believe God's word. We need to believe him at his word. We need to believe that he is the word. Uh, we need to believe. Amen, amen. Well, we're both actually kind of tired. We've had a busy week last week. We did. We had a, actually a busy weekend. And now we're getting ready to get started a whole new week all over again. But we are out of time for the day. Uh, we only probably have about two or maybe three more weeks left on this book. And then we're going to do something new uh, once we're done with this book. So we'll talk more about that later. Um, but anyway, uh, you guys have a good week. We'll see you on Wednesday night as we talk about the Believer's Authority. And then we'll see you again on Sunday as we'll be doing part four on being established in righteousness. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And we'll see you on Wednesday.